Heist debut to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Jerry, it's Frank Costanza. Mr. Steinbrenner's here. George is dead. Call me back. Welcome to the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Luck is bad. The Oilers are too. Wow. I told you yesterday, don't trust this. I know they played well against Calgary, but Calgary's Calgary. Dallas Stars came in, played well enough to win the hockey game. I understand the underlying numbers were terrific for the Oilers. Single events can have major importance in a hockey game while also being single events. I understand there's injuries. The Edmonton Oilers are in trouble, and so is their coach. We'll talk about that today. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Text or call us 1-833-401-1440 on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Our guest today, Steve Lansky, who was all over Twitter last night saying words that people responded to. It was quite the deal. I was very impressed. People are quoting him on his quote. Do not tell me that was a good effort tonight. Do not. That late scramble was simply lipstick on a 40-minute pig. Oh, my. Here's an idea. Quit blowing games. We'll have Lansky on later on today. Tyler Uremchuk, he of the gigantic hooves. And he's a daily face-off. He'll have lots to say. Connor Halley will join us and talk a little NFL. He'll be on every show today, I believe. And declinations with our friend Declan Kruger. And with that, we say a hello to Mr. Kruger. And uh, did you predict a victory last night? I did. Well, uh, how'd that go for you, sir? Gut feeling of a 3-1 or 3-2 victory. And how'd that go? It did not go well. Uh-huh. It did not come to fruition. And am I to blame? Probably. i leave that up to you. What did I say yesterday? I said, don't trust them. Don't trust the Edmonton Oilers. They're they they are they're they're beyond baffling to me. Uh, McDavid, Ekholm, McLeod are all hurt. I'm not even sure they should be playing. I'm pretty certain all three should not be playing. They have no choice because the general manager has made it impossible for them to have even an extra forward. So Jan Mark's hurt, and now Connor Brown's hurt. So they're probably going to play. I mean, they could send Philip Broberg down and call somebody up. Maybe that's what they do. But there's a chance they go 10 and 7. Or 11 and 6 if they do what you... Listen, like what you said, they are already at a point in the season with this record. Yeah. And it sounds crazy that these guys have to be playing, especially with what Vegas is doing in the Pacific here. Exactly and right. And it's criminal to think that this early in the season, but that's where we find ourselves. The big move by the GM is he and Paul Coffey went down to the room and gave them a talk. Okay. Okay. I don't see how Jay Woodcroft avoids being fired at this point. They don't have any other moves. They can't do anything because they boxed themselves in. This this is this is the kind of thing that somewhere in the summertime somebody had to stand up and say, "You know, I know we love Cece. I know we love Kulak. I know we love Fogel, but maybe maybe you cash that guy and maybe that way you can have 22 players instead of 21." And I feel bad for Jay Woodcroft because he's going to go out and not even the way he came in, and he's not doing the things he did when he started here. When he started, he would play his young players. He did all the time. 
Stuart Skinner, Vincent DeHarnay, those are players he played first opportunity he got to play them. Philip Broberg as well. Now, Dylan Holloway, he's never been enamored with, and sometimes a coach sees a player in a certain way, and I see Holloway as a guy who doesn't score a lot. I think Woodcroft sees him as a guy who doesn't score a lot and is risky without the puck, or with the puck. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Anyway, it's a mess, and if Woodcroft does get fired, and I'm not recommending that, believe me, he will have stopped doing the things that were working for him and then gotten fired, and really, that's, that's just so sad. He's a bright guy. But I think the pressure was on after last spring. I think a lot of people called him out for playing, uh, not playing Ryan McLeod where they felt he should have been and not playing Jack Campbell as the starter in games five or six. And the price he's going to pay, I think, is coming into this year with less control or more shy about making decisions that, that sort of reflect him as a coach. And so you've got a slow fourth line. Sam Gagne looked great, by the way. I'm so happy for him. But I still would have called up Raphael Lavoie. And I do think the Edmonton Oilers need an infusion of youth, and I think that Dylan Holloway should play more. That's what I'm telling you. So what happened? Well, there was the CC pinch. There was the Broberg fumbling the puck. Evan Bouchard just was on walkabout on the fourth goal, and that was the killer. McDavid, by the way, pulled the shoot. You know, I, Connor McDavid is not beyond criticism. He's pretty much, but he, he, I think he didn't recognize the play, and I think Bouchard had the same problem. And, you know, the one thing I'll say in, in fairness for Ken Holland and for Jay Woodcroft is that in a normal game, they lost 4-3, and McDavid and Dreisaitl didn't do, didn't do anything. I mean, they tried. It's not like they didn't try. So ordinarily, one of them scores, maybe both, and they win that game. So that's, that's understandable. But right now, in a point in the season where they need help, they need something. And they even got something from Sam Gagne. It's just not enough. Matias Ekholm doesn't look right. I, Honest to God, I think the best thing might be to sit McDavid, sit Ekholm, sit Ryan McLeod. But you know what? You can't do it. Why? Because you don't have enough players. You don't have 23 players. Right now, you have like 19. And... I don't know if Connor Brown is going to make it to 10 games. He got hurt last night. It looks not great. I feel bad for Connor Brown. I really do because he seemed to be coming along a little bit. He's not scoring, but his his um, on-ice numbers are good. And I know somebody's going to mention luck, so I'll just I'll talk about luck for a minute. The orders are, are, are really doing well in terms of five-on-five, shot share, expected goals, those things. But they don't have luck with them. And single events can have enormous impact. This is not a shutdown team. Remember when Chris Pronger played here? You know, Chris Pronger would come onto the ice. Excuse me. And I could go to the bathroom. I could go get a beer. I could go outside and talk to my neighbor, John. I could put the steaks on. Chris Pronger was the guy who you could, you know, once he was on the ice, you knew, maybe you score, but nothing bad is going to happen. It just isn't. And that's Chris Pronger. The Otis don't have that guy. They just don't. They have some fine NHL defensemen. Ekholm's hurt right now, but he's very good. Nurse, CeCe, Bouchard, Kulak. I think DeHarnay and Broberg will both have careers. The problem is they don't have anybody who just calms the waters. And Pronger had those calm feet, and he was a bully. And everything changed. The ice tilted when he was on the ice. The Otis don't have that. What they do have is all of their cannons 
pointed right at the net, and they are really good on the top two lines. Ordinarily, when you have 23 men in a roster, if Ryan McLeod doesn't play well or is hurt, you bring in another guy. You have Lane Peterson on the roster. Well, he's not here. And the Edmonton Oilers have boxed themselves in. What's the Edgar Allan Poe one where he sort of, he he he's, thinks he's, um, he thinks he's locking somebody in and he's actually locking himself in. What's that called? Text us, would you? At one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Declan, do you know? Oh, absolutely not. I was I was just going to say it sounds like it's called the box. The only one I really no, know is the Raven. So well, the rat tat tatting. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't going to be much help there. Well, I just I mean I turned my mic on just to say I can't help you, and then was going <laughs> to turn it back off. Well, it's a kind of a deep pull, so there is that. We can put you to work though. Are you are you? Because I'm done. The the orders regression. You're done will, already. Well, the re- regression will come, but it. I don't think it's going to come in time for Jay Woodcroft. And I like Jay yeah. Woodcroft. I feel bad for him. It doesn't give me any pleasure to tell you that that he's you know unlikely to last the year. It didn't have a very long period here, but I mean he won three playoff series. That's pretty good. But I don't. I don't. They can't fire twenty well eighteen guys, but they can they can get rid of the coach, and that's the next step. Unless. Unless they turn it around, and I don't see that happening. They just are not. They are. They don't play their third line. They don't play their fourth line. They play two lines, and then when they go down one, they go to like four guys. Jay Woodcroft doesn't coach now the way he did when he came in, and it's obvious. All right, here's my question to you. Major League Baseball free agent rankings. This is from Keith Law at The Athletic. He's a brilliant writer. And I was just stunned by this because... You know, the number one guy is Shohei Otani, who is 29, and I think somebody will give him the moon, the sun, the stars, and Bruce McCurdy uh, to sign with him. But let's say you let's say you don't get him, and you have to check down to number two, Cody Bellinger, 28, big time, big time hitter. He. Um, what I like is he had the highest 2023 war of any free agent hitter outside of Shohei Atani. I mean, I, I, I don't think I'd, I, if I could get both of those guys, I would just retire. Well, I was going to say, listen, if you can get Shohei, you get a unicorn we've never seen before. But if Cody Bellinger is the, is the consolation prize, you're in a pretty good place. Yeah. I mean, that is a that is a very fine Major League Baseball player. And listen, Shohei, obviously, we know what he can do pitching and hitting. But we've seen what Cody can do in that outfield, what he can do batting. If you get him as the consolation prize, like I said, your team is in a very good spot. Do you think that, that uh, would you go after Blake Snell? Had a really good year, lots of walks, but a really good year. Lefty. What do you think of him? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think left-handed pitchers are so rare that if you have a chance to get one who can be not doesn't even have to be great if he can be a good pitcher for you. I think you go and get it. What about um, do you think Chapman is back? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. That's not an answer. Rethink. What do you think? Because I I, might, I, th- I think he's back. Yeah, I don't. I'm split. I'm like I'd be. I'd probably say like fifty three, forty seven. He's back. I'd like. I, I'll tell you what. I'd like the Jays to do. They won't do it. But I'd like them to sign. I would like them to sign Matt Chapman, Kiermaier, and Jordan Hicks. They won't. But that's what I'd like. I'm not saying run it all back. You can't. 
but I like those players. I the other thing I want need to know is what position Bichette can play aside from where he's playing now. One question, un response. If you're a Montreal Expos fan, you know what that is. They used to do that on uh, French Canadian television, well CBC French, and uh, they would they they gave you if you watched CBC French enough as I did when the Expos were on. You, they, they have little vignettes. Like, I've never understood. The, it, it, the English guy would say the ball would be popped up in the air, and he'd go, and it's a pop fly. And the French guy would say, Mimi Chandelle. And I think that's candle, which I did not understand. But then I was told years later by somebody that in French, in the French language, there's a bunch of references that do not really apply to baseball. So they had to kind of make it up. Right there, there weren't there were words that fit. It looks like a pop fly. So I think they went <laughs> candle. I could be wrong. It's not like I know this stuff. Maybe you can text me. I sure hope you do. At one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, we need to package Bouchard now with Campbell for a goalie and cap relief. Some help. Bouchard does nothing more than Barry was doing for us. Play Deharnay and Broberg. Use Ekholm or Nurse on the power play. From Money Mo. Look, he made a mistake and he's gonna do that. And it's the same with Broberg. Like young defensemen make mistakes. And so do old ones. Cody Cece made mistakes. My point about the orders is those mistakes are gonna happen. That that's the team they are. They're not a shut down, button down team. They're just not. They're not built that way, and it's too late. By the time you turned it all around and did it a different way, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl would be gone. You know you're gonna give up goals. What you can't do is not score. And last night, the Edmonton Oilers scored. Gagne got a couple. Kane, what a shot. He's coming around. But Connor McDavid's hurt. Matthias Ekholm's hurt. Ryan McLeod's hurt. We talked about this yesterday. There are 12 foundation pieces on an NHL team. The top two lines, the number three center, the top two pairings, and the starting goalie. So that's 12. Three of them, I just named them, McDavid, Ekholm, McLeod, are hurt. So is three out of 12 25%? It is, yeah. Okay. So they have 25% of their of their group that is hurt to the point where you can notice. Like, look, I love watching Connor McDavid. It is, it is among the most uh, satisfying things I've ever seen as a sports fan. I remember the first time I saw him, he was drafted. He went to the orientation camp. I took my daughter. I offered to take my son too, but he was busy, busy playing video games, probably, I don't know, World of Warcraft or Minecraft or dogs of whatever. And so my daughter and I are there, and we, we see this blur go by. And my daughter goes, what's that? I said, it probably is McDavid. And it was. He's been brilliant. But he's not right right now. And this team is bleeding out. They're 2-6-1. and one. And you go, oh, come on, it's only nine games. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think they're going to have to work like, bandits to get back into the playoff race and they will make the playoffs and as i wrote today at the athletic mcdavid will win the art ross trophy however they're going to be they've burned so much daylight getting there there won't be enough left that's my prediction and i do think there'll be a different coach and i wish i had better news and i know you're mad at me because i'm grumpy every day but this team from the start has done things strangely this year i don't know what the hell's going on with them 
Why would you start your year where you know at most you're going to have 21 guys and there's going to be injuries? Who thought this was going to be the way? And I know they like Fogel. I know they like Kulak. I know they like CeCe. And I know that they made a bet on Jack Campbell and you can't give up on him after year one. I don't have the answer about how they would get there. I just know they had to. And ladies and gentlemen, they did not. And now we are here. And they're going to have to work really hard to get back into the playoff race. And when they do, they're probably going to be using some of that energy that we all talked about that they would need for the playoff run. Disappointing. Really disappointing. Okay, very good show today. On the way, in the 1 o'clock hour, Steve Lansky, you think I'm grumpy. Wait till you talk to this guy. Tyler Uremchuk will join us too. We'll have NHL rumors. On the way, this hour, declinations with our phone. What are you doing today, Declan? You know, I'm still deciding. I think oh we're going to do... God. No, no, no. I have it basically oh my down. gentle Lord. Take me now, Jesus. I want to do either the top five nicknames in sports history or the top five nicknames in hockey history. There are just so many in sports that I want to break it down sport by sport, I think. But I, I have both ready to go. I'll see what, what I decide. What's the What time does the show start? Uh, noon. Okay. And what yeah. time is it now? Uh, 12.18. Okay. So when we start the show, we need to start as we mean to go. I've done extra work. I've prepared two lists, and I'm going to choose one. I'm going above and beyond. Start a show. We start as we mean to go. We've already decided what we're doing. Okay. And now we just have to execute it. All right, I'm going to do top five nicknames in sports history. That's a very wise choice. Get the conversation going. Because listen, you, you go on your rants about the Oilers. We know it's a sad time right now. It's a sad day. I'm going to inject some fun, some positivity into the broadcast. So you're saying that my monologue at the beginning of the show ruined the day. I didn't. I don't think it ruined the day. I think it was well thought out. I think it was well spoken. But so smooth. I, I don't think you could. I don't think you would disagree that it was somber ever, in nature. Do you ever get in trouble with your girlfriend because you're so smooth? I just think you. You know, hey, you know, mm. you moved that wall too far. Oh, honey, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, everyone does, right? Yeah, but well, but that's life. You got to yeah. live with it. Well, I like her because she didn't make you buy $700 shoes. Yeah, she's, I thank her for that as well. <laughs> Connor Halley on the way. He's on the Jason Greger Show, and he's working on it right now. But And he's also on Fantasy Frenzy right here on Sports 1440. But he'll take time out of his very busy day to tell us about his Vegas conversation that I find the most hilarious thing he's ever done and about the NFL weekend. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Bonnie Tyler. Did you know that song was produced by Jim Steinman, who produced the Meatloaf albums? I bet you didn't, but now you do. Now, as much as I know about, uh, you know, music trivia or 1967 expansion draft trivia, my friend and my next guest, Connor Halley, knows that and more about football. How are you, man? Good, good. I don't know much about the expansion draft, actually, but so I can how- learn. How's it going on your show with your new guy? I know you dumped my guy and you moved up, uh, you know, in uh, certainly in quality. But uh, how's it going? It's going good. Yeah, yeah it's going good. Uh, only told that we shouldn't be providing fantasy advice once today. So that's a win. Progress. <laughs> well, sometimes we're sarcastic on that show, Al. Really? We, we might joke that... That's totally not in keeping with your personality that, like, off the air. Sam Gagne is on pace for 60 goals. Yeah. So maybe he's a viable option on fantasy and... Yeah, that that happens. Well, by My, the way, sometimes sarcasm, it's not noticed. Yeah, and I got to be better at that. Well, you, you have to you have to 
even when you do it over the top, it, sometimes people don't hear it. By the way, Philip Broberg is in headed to the minors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably for the best. No. No, you don't think so? No, you got to play kids through mistakes. This is a mistake. But how much would he play? Well, that's their problem. Not, I mean, you know, that's, the, 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 that's here's, it. Here's the problem now. They've sent him down because they got to call a forward up. If somebody gets hurt in practice before the game tomorrow, they go with five defensemen. Can't live in fear. Sure. You might want to live <laughs> with an actual full roster, though. I'm just saying. Phil, we need you. Get back up here. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I want to talk about NFL, but yeah. I, may I start with the Eagles and Cowboys? Because I always feel insecure when the Eagles are playing the Cowboys. It hasn't historically gone well. Um, Hertz is hurt, and Hertz could get hurt more. Um, love Hertz. So, <laughs> do you think Dallas can? Because they're desperate, right? And they're gonna, they are gonna, they're gonna blitz the bloody blooming daylights out of the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, if there is any issue with Jalen Hurts, you want to get after him, right? And as a pastor this year, he hasn't been amazing. Yeah. I mean, he he, I have him in fantasy football, so okay, I love him know. because yeah. that brotherly shove the tush push whatever you want to call it it's unstoppable in the red zone and he gets lots of touchdowns but I, I think that's the key for it. you get after him and Micah Parsons is a guy you can kind of line up anywhere he can generate yeah. pressure you know whether he's taking on a guard or a tackle or a tight end that's a bad mismatch you're going to lose every time but yeah you have to take account for wherever he's going to be placed on the football field so he will certainly be tough uh yeah and, and that's going to be the key to it and you talked about it last week you said the commanders always play the eagles tough so I trust whatever you think is going to happen because that Commanders-Eagles game, I mean, entertainment-wise, it was fantastic. Maybe yep. a little stressful for you. But yeah, the uh, the Cowboys, you know, up and down. They, they've they looked really good at times. They've looked not so good at other times. But, you know, they're going to be geared up for this one. And if they do win, only one game back with the Eagles in the division. So it's a yep. massive game. It is. And, and if they lose it, then I don't think they will catch the Eagles. Now for the Eagles, if mm-hmm. they win this game, I think they win the division. Nice to be at home as well. Yeah, you bet. Um, but... That that's going to be a tough out for both teams. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. The one I would, thing I would say though, well, yeah. I mean, the best way to neutralize that pass rush is to run right at it, right? Yeah. And DeAndre Swift has been played well. very good yeah. when he's able to go there. Uh, I don't know if Jalen's going to be running the ball too much. You don't want to make that injury worse, but I, I think you can attack that Cowboys ru- uh, run defense and open things up in the play action game for your unbelievable receivers. Yeah, I would like them to stack everything. I want front four. I want the front four to be backed up by two full backs and a tight end, and then Hurts. <laughs> yeah, and then just let A.J. Brown out there yep. by himself, and That's he'll right. make plays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thoughts on Steelers-Titans. Anything out of that that you wanted to mention? Steelers-Titans. Uh, I said it on our show. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers need to use Jalen Warren more than they use Najee Harris. Eight yards per carry for Warren. I mean, he's a little like a little ball of hate, a little bowling ball. He gets hit first contact behind the line of scrimmage, and he just bounces off. Yeah. I, I think they should utilize him a little bit more. I know Najee Harris, as I said on our other show, and people got confused, he was a first-round pick. So the did, Pittsburgh Steelers want to utilize yeah. him. But I, I think they got to go Did anything Jaylen. you say today on the show make any sense to people? Uh, I, I get fired up and I ramble, and then I think people hear it. They What I said was Najee Harris was a first-round pick when right. he was drafted. Some people thought I said he was a first-round pick in drafts. Fantasy drafts, oh. which is not the case. He's probably you probably got him later on in the draft. Maybe you got him as a steal. Well, maybe uh, the maybe the listener just isn't paying attention. No, no, it's on me. I got to be better. Right. I I watch a lot of Justin Herbert press conferences, yeah. so I want to be more like him. I got to be better. Maybe your show needs to send out smelling salts to everybody who tunes in, so that they just take a whiff <laughs> yeah. and then they're wide awake. By the way, I love your shirt. Have you sent out a photo of that online? No, I haven't. You should. That's awesome. 
Chargers intercept well, cancer. Yeah, I'm straight. That's really nice. Thank you. Uh, but I will say, you know, Will Levis, I, I think we all need to take a step back. Uh, his first game was great against, yeah. who was it even against? Uh, Atlanta, where he was just heaving it down to DeAndre Hopkins. Four touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Three to D-Hop. Uh, the Steelers with young Joey Porter Jr., did a pretty good job on DeAndre Hopkins. You know, all things considered, he didn't hurt them in the end zone. So, yeah, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're, I don't know if they have enough talent to be, you know, an elite team, but with Mike Tomlin, anything's possible. He's Steelers so every year. It just It's just like, okay, roll them out. They'll win, you know, yeah. nine games or more. We've got TJ Watt and Mike Tomlin, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dolphins Chiefs. I, I, I'm fascinated about the Dolphins. I, I don't know that they're... I always the Dolphins for me are well since Greasy um, and and Shula they sort of are good in the regular season sometimes they fade but they're six and two and you know the Chiefs are also six and two so you'd say all right this is going to be a bloodbath but and the Dolphins have scored two hundred seventy one points but against the Chiefs like do you expect them to score thirty? Yeah, I do. I mean, I hope so. I know the over-under is at 15 and a half. I want to just hammer that over because I like points. <laughs> so I th- I think so. The, the Chiefs, obviously, it's been kind of well-documented that they need a receiver. Travis Kelsey is so good at the tight end position, but we're seeing Mahomes kind of drop it into his receivers, and they, they drop the football. The one thing I worry about the Miami Dolphins, we saw it last year. They had a really hot start, but they kind of failed or trailed off towards the end. I think home field advantage is so important for them in the because if if they have to go into a Cincinnati, a Buffalo, a Kansas City, Baltimore to play a road playoff game, I, I just wonder you know with to his arm strength, he's got the arm strength to get by, but it's not mm. it's not upper echelon where he's just going to go out there and sling it. I, I think that they need to find a way to play at home and right. have that benefit of the warmer weather so they can operate that offense in the, the fashion that they like to. So I think this is a really big game for them. I, I just hope we get a lot of points. And I, I think the Dolphins are one of the few teams, obviously, that can go score for score against Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense. But the, the Chiefs have to look a whole lot better. I'm curious to see how Mahomes looks because he had the, the flu game against the Broncos last right. week. They did not look good. They're going to need to be on their game against this very good Dolphins team. We talked about a minute ago, Connor Halley is our guest. He's... Uh part of free agent frenzy and the regular show. Were you on with Carius today? So maybe you, 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 uh, I said free agent fantasy, fantasy frenzy, whatever the hell the name of it is. <laughs> All these shows with their newfangled names. Uh, were you on with Carius every show today or what? No, they, they, they don't have me on the Carius show. Okay. They have so many guests and they don't have me. It's crazy. Well, I mean, they're just overlooking you. Yeah. Well, you then know. they have, they have like former NHLers dropping by yeah. with Well, maybe they haven't, got, they haven't gotten to H maybe. That's what it is. That could be it. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. We, you talked about the the Steelers always being good, and I think the Ravens sort of are like that, and and they're back doing well. I think they're six and two against the Seahawks. How do you see that game? That'll be an interesting one. I mean, I think for the Ravens, being at home is is going to be very big. And the, the Seattle Seahawks, like, I love when teams that are good continue to be aggressive and add players. So like getting Frank Clark and making these additions that the Seahawks have is one of my favorite things to see. But what I really do like about this Baltimore Ravens offense and Correct me if I'm wrong, but for the first time in a long time, I think they finally have a legit receiver for Lamar Jackson and Zay Flowers, the, the rookie, who, who's been very good. He's got 44 receptions, almost 500 yards. Hasn't really found the end zone the way they would have liked, but when the Ravens get into the red zone, that just opens up Mark Andrews, and Lamar Jackson's able to scramble and make plays. We've seen Gus Edwards uh, run the ball extremely well. I think we're going to get a good game. 
I don't want to. I don't want to write off Geno Smith in Seattle, mm-hmm. but I I take Lamar Jackson over him seven days a week, twice on Sunday, because he's just got that that elite level that he can get to and rise his game. So I think it's going to be a good one. I think it'll be a close game, but I think the Ravens find a way to get it done. Sorry, twelves. I know there's a lot of twelves listening right now. Bills Bengals. I I see both of these teams as somewhat similar, mildly disappointing this year. Would you say? And how big a game is this? Yeah, two teams kind of finding their stride. Right, uh, Joe Burrow. I think he has that built-in excuse. He had the calf injury, and he looked really good last week against the Forty ers defense. So I think that for him, you know, he can look at it and say, "I'm I'm on the right trajectory. Things are looking good." They've got that that group of receivers that are all worlds. For the Bills, the good's been good, the bad's been bad. It you know, they they've had some bounces go their way and they've walked away with that five and three record. I'm I'm sure there's gonna be, you know, eternal optimism for Bills Mafia because they still do have a very good team. And how many teams around the league would would be uh dying to have a five and three record? Like yeah. it, they're they're in a good spot. In their division, obviously the Miami Dolphins are gonna be tough to catch up with, but yeah, I think this is going to be a very fun one and, you know, probably emotional because yeah. we all remember what happened last time these two teams met on primetime with DeMar crazy, Hamlin. Yeah. It was one of the scariest situations we've seen in the NFL yeah. and glad he's back and able to play. But, yeah, looking forward to this one and the NFL got it right with a Sunday nighter. So Monday and <laughs> Declinations is on the way next, so wrap it up, damn it, because Declan's on the way. And it's a good one today. Yeah. Well, well they're always good. But. but I like this matchup. Chargers-Jets to me is like, you know, both teams were kind of rogue when they came in and they're, you know, one team has a great helmet and the other is the Jets. Yep. And so, but the Jets have won a Super Bowl and, and the Chargers have not. I cheer for the Chargers because of you every year. And I don't think I'm helping. Um, wh- where is your team now? Like, what are, what in hell are they <laughs> well i don't know uh you know the chargers just they do have an afl championship back in in the doesn't, 60s they beat the boston patriots so doesn't, doesn't count. It, it it they're due is what i'm saying you know <laughs> i know the, the jets got the super bowl had had the nfl merged earlier the chargers probably would have had a super bowl but i don't think so i, I think so i think they would have beat the whoever it would have been in the nfl you don't back then. know their life well you know the chargers <laughs> roster was pretty good back then yeah. Go look at go look at the AFL box well, score. I will say this: the uh, Eric Coriel era, they should have won a Super Bowl. They were so much fun with Fouts and and uh, Winslow. They were fantastic that team. Just trying to get the score of that game. It was a blowout. It was a nineteen sixty three AFL championship okay. game. You remember it? No, but I was. We alive. make a lot of old jokes, but I was alive. Fifty one ten. Yeah, and and, and does the NFL count that as a Super Bowl? They should. Mm. It's a forgotten part of the NFL's long yeah. history. Yes. Anyways. By um, everyone but you. What are the Chargers? I don't know. I'm not sure. They're, they seem to be defensively trying to have a little bit more fun. They started a celebration committee. So when they get a turnover, they have these choreographed celebrations. Uh, defensive coordinator, forget the name, basically said they weren't having enough fun out there. So they're trying to have more fun. Justin Herbert's good, but he's got these injuries that keep piling up. Yeah. So you've seen his middle finger. It's yeah. broken. It's got to be tough to go under center. Mike Williams goes down. They're trying to incorporate Quinton Johnston into the passing game a little bit more. They drafted him in the first round, but it'll be tough going against yeah. this Jets defense. So if I were to guess, I think it'll be a, a low-scoring game. Hopefully Zach Wilson doesn't torch them too bad. Chargers win 2017. Nice. Do you think he when he walks around with that middle finger that he offends people just by walking around with that finger? I hope so. Yeah. I want him to be the bad boy. Well, 
He gets the weirdest injuries. Like who, he does. who cracks their rib cartilage? Yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Your whole team, man. I I, I cheer for them, and I get frustrated. And I don't even really care. I can only imagine how tough it is to actually cheer for them. It's so. yeah. It, it's really frustrating. We get lost in Connor's lilting voice. Sigh. So people. Do, what does lilting mean? Lifting, lifting. No, it's lilting. You dumb. Any, it's right there. It's it's lilting. It's not lifting. Sorry. Lilt <laughs> means speak, sing, or sound with a lilt. Don't you people know what lilting means? <laughs> no, I have no Where, idea. What is wrong with the world? <laughs> is it a good thing? Well, it's not lifting. Okay, well, I've I've never been a fan of my voice. Like, I like well, your voice. Oh, well, you've got a great voice. So You're fine. I don't... You I, know what your voice is? It's a young voice. It'll mature a little bit more, and you'll love it. You just sound like you're 12. I'm almost 40. When's this going to happen? Well, I don't know. I, you know, only only the voice gods know. 15 years. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. When are you on again? Because I'm sure it's 10 minutes from now. Uh, we, well, Brando and I got to do our little mall walk. Go grab a coffee. We're up at 2 o'clock. Uh, we've got AJ Gas coming on the show today, Al. Golden Bears defensive coordinator, Paul Scarbina. Covers the Nashville Predators. We've got uh, your boy, Wanye Gretz. Oh, ho. hey, you're coming on our show. Yes, I am. Can you uh, do 420 today? Uh, yeah, I probably. Think we, Craig Button's on a flight, so we have to do some oh, adjusting. You know, why am I always the guy who gets bounced around like I'm some kind of nobody? Because you're versatile. Yeah, nice, nice save. <laughs> oh, like when I almost called my friend here dumb and I yeah. stopped myself. <laughs> um, it, 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 lilting is like if you, you have you ever talked to somebody and their voice goes up and down and there's a certain cadence to it but it's pleasing i don't know those voices to me are usually just annoying so well no it's a it's a positive lilting okay. is a good thing and and that was a I, i'm sorry it confused 67 percent of this room but it's a positive <laughs> so well all right i'm a big fan of scalding gourd so i appreciate the kind words okay and i'm sorry i said dumb that's a bad thing to say even if it applies. Uh, so thanks so much, Connor. Appreciate it. Thank you, Al. On the way, if he's still with us, our friend Declan is going to do declinations. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name and same great team on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Is that REO Speedwagon? Oh, it sure is. Yeah. You better believe it. I just want to say, I'm playing some heat so far this afternoon. Never liked REO Speedwagon. You're not letting it run. First was Bonnie Tyler, now REO, and you're you're cutting it off early. I don't like, I never liked them. I I, I liked Foreigner better, but I thought Toto was good. Boston was good. Yeah, but They were all studio bands. They were all kind of... I mean, I put Merle Haggard on on Twang Tuesday. We let the song play twice. We play a little Bonnie and REO, and you're cutting it off after 10 well, seconds. Well, because I have good taste. Well, fair enough. Merle fair enough. beats the living daylights at all those guys. Fair enough. Please guitar and his mama tried and <laughs> sing me back home listen i said fair enough i get it <laughs> i i really do like your your choices thank you you know this comes in it's so funny it's from quebec and i don't know who sent it but they they cracked me up uh low tide's flexible because of yoga um i have a friend who does hot yoga and when they describe it to me i'm like it's like I think that's what they probably do in prison to you. You know, it, I don't know that people do this by choice. Do you, have you ever done hot yoga? I, I've done hot yoga once, I think. Yeah, and it was it was okay. It's like a nice good sweat, but 
But I've never. It, it was you never raced my, back and did it again. Never. Yeah, it was never my choice of exercise. So I did it. It was okay. I, I get the appeal, but just not my thing. Did you stretch a lot? Uh, I used to always stretch like before and after I ran. So I was pretty. I was well versed in stretching. Not a big deal. But in um, the hot yoga, did you stretch a lot? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But at some point, did you stop moving because you had lost all the water in your body? No, 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 no. It was fine. Like it was. I, it wasn't that bad. It was a good sweat, but. Just not for me. Well, and I apologize for the word that I said about you. It's not fair. No, you, it was re- it was really accurate. Like I'm a pe- people kind of sometimes think I'm a no, decently you're smart, smart guy. You, you misread dumb. a word. It's no big deal. <laughs> a mature individual would have not said anything. You're, you're with me. I wanted my airtime. Um, Lotai, would you agree the Oilers just need to get to play for eighth place at this point and just make the playoffs? I, I I'm shocked to say it, but I I think that that. They, they're. I said after the Calgary game, everybody's like, "Okay, now they're going." I'm like, "No, they're not. You got to beat a good team." And and they played well. They outshot. They did all the things you'd expect. They're still not buttoned down enough. They're still they're still taking too many chances. They're they're going to get their coach fired. And Philip Broberg's in the minors now because they have to call up a forward. And you're 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 asking a lot from all of these cats who play defense and. The the forwards are not made. They're not made for teams that win two one. You'd have to change everything about the forwards and the defense. The goaltending save percentage would go up, but the team is not structured in a way that you're going to do that. You, but you, the, last year when they were going good, what happened? Matthias Ekholm or Philip Broberg or one of the more fast fleet nurse. They go back and get the puck. They'd send it over Bouchard or whomever would send the puck out, and it was simple. Keep the puck out of your zone. Once you're playing defense, you're in trouble because you're in your zone. You're going to give up the puck. You're going to give up the goal. You're going to get a penalty or your goal is going to make a great save. Don't get in that spot. That's the thing to do. Now, I've talked way too much. It's time for declinations. And now our friend Declan, who has no time at all, about 10 minutes, sir, uh, give us what you got. It's good. It's going to be a really quick one. Then we're going to get right back to the Oilers chat. I'm doing the top five nicknames in sports history. And as I'm looking at my list here, I'm realizing I don't even think I love it that much. But stand for something or fall for everything. So I got to go with it. Number five, Irvin Johnson Magic. Love it. We just call him Magic because he was magic on that court. The flashiest passes you've ever seen. It was something straight out of Rucker Park, and he was doing it in the NBA against the best competition in the world. It was amazing. Winning finals, MVPs as a rookie. He was magic. We know him as Magic. Magic Johnson, number five. Yeah, and actually he and Bird helped build the league that we see today. Oh, absolutely. The games were on tape delay before those two came in. and that, right. that That's Celtics-Lakers rivalry. Put it in the next level. And then when Jordan came in as well. Just as this absolute savant. That's yep. when the league really took off. All over when that happened. Number four, William the Refrigerator Perry. Great name. Phenomenal nickname. Boy, was he built like it. Part of that 85 Bears defense was just incredible. Scored a touchdown in that game. Uh, maybe the most apt nickname of all time because if there was ever anyone built like their nickname, it was William Perry as the refrigerator. He, he was, um, everybody knew he was going to get the ball on handoffs and he still could run through people. Yep. is a mountain of a man. Yep. Good football player, too, on the other line. You know, oh, he, was he was a good football oh, he was a, player. He was a phenomenal defensive player, one of the best ever. Yeah. In his prime. I mean, he didn't have the longevity to be able to say that, but prime for prime, he can go up against anybody. Number yep. three, I can't I cannot have this guy here. He's the great one. Wayne Gretzky. What he accomplished in the NHL, the fa- you know, we've heard it all before. The fact he has more assists than anyone else has points, the records he has, the nine MVPs, the cup run here in Edmonton, to be nicknamed the great one. 
So. You're simply known as the great one in a major in a major worldwide sport. I have to include you on this list. So Wayne Gretzky is my number three. You will never go wrong by including Gretzky on any list involving um, involving you know yeah. Gretzky. By the way, do you know that that uh, there was another great one in Edmonton? I heard. Do you know who it was? No. Okay. Uh, G R A T E, as in grating on your nerves. Okay. Asatikinen was called okay. the great one at the same time. As uh, Wayne Gretzky, it was kind of you know kind of cute. And the reason I said I heard so confidently like that, I just want to backtrack a little bit, is because I saw a clip from Ryan Whitney, you know, former Edmonton Oiler, yeah, where he accidentally called Connor McDavid the great one. So I think that's where my mind went immediately uh, when I, I thought understand. of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number two, some may know him as Larry Legend, but I know him as the Hick from French Lick, nice. Larry Bird, yeah. coldest player. coldest white boy to ever step on the NBA court. <laughs> this boy, this boy was nasty. He was, I mean. You, you've heard the stories like he would go into the three-point com- competition, look everyone up and down and say who's going to finish second tonight. He played an entire game with his left hand because he was saving his right hand for the Lakers the next game. He was just cold and the hick from French Lick, one of my favorite nicknames ever. He he made a play. It's legendary. He he was trying to inbound and there was nobody to inbound to. But the guy in front who was blocking him had his back to him, right? So he punched it off of him, oh, got yeah. it back, and started the play. Brilliant. Larry Brilliant. Bird is the sixth best player in NBA history by my estimation. And with a modern-day training regime, he, he he very well might be in the top three or four. Uh, he he looked like an accountant. No, oh. Nothing against accountants. Did he? And the way his shot was, like his form was terrible. He yeah. looked like he was just hucking it up there, like your uncle at the barbecue. But yeah. it went in every time. And number one, for my for my money... The greatest nickname in sports history belongs to the greatest boxer in sports history, Sugar Ray Robinson, because he was sweet like sugar. He was the best to ever do it, and he just became synonymous. He wasn't Ray Robinson. He was Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah, you're right. And and uh, the the legend of of boxing in that era was monstrous. So he, oh. he, he was he was larger than life. He was the man. He was the man for which the pound for pound label was established and he coined the term entourage in North America because he was always traveling with his entourage and his pink caddy. Love it. He was the best. The best nickname of all time it was not a famous player. I mentioned it to you earlier. Jim Niekamp, who was a defenseman in the WHA and a little bit in the NHL, I believe, in the early nineteen seventies. And I can't tell you his nickname. But it's a it's a, a slang word for uh something that's in the bathroom. And it rhymes with splitter. Mm-hmm. And that was his nickname. And he went through life like that. And good on him. I don't know how he got the nickname, but that's always been my favorite. So, um, a lot of great ones out there. A lot of great ones I missed, but tough to know. Well, it's it hard to do, though. And you're, are you going to do the hockey one next week? Because I would like to. Yeah, hear I think it. I'm no. going to retroactively do each sport. And there's some cool ones like basketball. You got Daryl Dawkins, who was Chocolate Thunder, Jay Will, who was White Chocolate. There's some good ones out there. So I'll, I'll get back to it. Yeah. Um, if you missed it, Philip Broberg has been sent to the minors. And they'll call up a forward by tomorrow, and I don't know who it'll be. I don't think Toby Peterson is available, but I doubt it'll be Raphael Lavoie. They want him to come up and play on a skill line. And um, if I think if they were going to call up Lavoie today, they would have sent Holloway down. I think they might call up a James Hamblin I don't know if Lane Peterson's hurt or not. Uh, Brad Malone, um, Greg McCaig's playing pretty well right now. So and Seth Griffiths there. I don't know who what they're looking for, but um, 
Broberg down to the minors. I think they play Saturday only in Bakersfield this weekend, so Broberg could get there in time to play. Made a mistake last night, cost them. I think the Oilers are are headed the wrong direction with their young players, but I also know that there's a tremendous amount of pressure, and that is probably driving pretty much every decision. Um, This from Ryan Rashog from TSN. Skinner just smashed his stick on the goalpost in frustration and left the ice. Main practice appears to be over. There are still some drills happening. Well, they're an unhappy team. They're an undermanned team, and they're a team that is getting no help. So how's your day going? Uh, the lines, by the way, McDavid with Hyman and Leon Dreisaitl, that is the best possible line. I wrote about it in The Athletic today. McDavid can score in bunches with those two. Nuge with Kane and Gagne, clearly Sam Gagne, having an impact. Um, foot speed's going to be the issue there. And then it's McLeod at center, Holloway on left wing, and then a combination of Fogel and Ryan. There will be a recall in time for tomorrow's game. We'll probably hear about it uh, later on uh, today. My suspicion is it'll be somebody like Hamblin. Maybe Lean Peterson, but I think he might be hurt. All right. So a few texts before we head to break. Um Yogi Berra, Dizzy and Daffy, Dean, the uh, Wizard of Oz, Ozzy Smith, Dennis Oilcan, Boyd, baseball is fantastic for nicknames it was. Joe DiMaggio as the, as the Yankee Clippers is an yeah, all-time one as well. Absolutely. Uh, Lou Gehrig was Iron Horse, I believe. The Babe was Babe Ruth. Um, there's some really good ones. There's a Death to Flying Things. Uh, there's Because baseball, they've got all day to think about it, right? Shoeless Joe Jackson. Yeah. Toby Peterson, haha. Well, I said that to be, you know... Remember when they put? Remember when they put? Um, just trying to think of. It was Mac T put Toby Peterson on the power play, and that sent my blog into various forms of outrage <laughs> when it happened back in the day. Why the change of heart, low tide? Some of us have been telling you they're not properly constructed for years. Can't be disappointed by the owners if you recognize their major flaws. They won't win a cup. From Brad. Well, Brad, I. I have been very, I think, complimentary of Ken Holland and of Jay Woodcroft. And I picked them to win the Stanley Cup this year. And they have been getting closer each year. What they've done is abandoned the things that worked for them in the past. You know, when Jay Woodcroft got here, he immediately started adding younger players. Philip Broberg, Marcus Niemelainen, Ryan McLeod moved up the depth chart, played more. Then in the fall of the year, the full year that he spent as coach, uh, Stuart Skinner was the starting goaltender. And Ryan McLeod and Philip Broberg were on that team, and they were playing, as was Marcus Niemelainen at times. This year is different. They've had a change of heart. They're not playing the kids. When you play the kids in October and November, they're better in March and April. The Oilers are playing Adam Ernie and Sam Gagne. And Gagne's on the second line. Anything but Holloway. And I get it. I don't know if he's going to score or not, but you got to find out. And maybe they've already decided. And if you have, then ship them out. Send him to the minors. So that's why you and I don't agree on the last several years of the orders. You were down on them. I was not. Now I'm down on them. There's a little wrinkle there where we didn't agree, and now we do, based on the current events that are in the news. Is Liam Reddick's available? Maybe. Always liked him. Okay, we've got a very busy hour on the way, and we hope you stay tuned for it because we are pumped to be joined by... Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports in the community. Tata Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff and NHL Rumors will run out the show at 1.40 today. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440.
And for your sports 1440 update brought to you by Mishner Allen Auctioneering. Their next public-timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Go to info at maauctions.com. Big news in Oilers Nation as defenseman Philip Roberg has been loaned to the Bakersfield Condors. Just two games in the NHL tonight. It's the Flyers in Buffalo at 5 and the Devils in St. Louis at 6. Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy will appeal his four-game suspension for an illegal check to the head on Panthers defenseman Oliver ekman Larson. And the New York Rangers have lost two players to injury following their win over the Canes. Defenseman Adam Fox and forward Philip Chittle. Seven games in the NBA tonight. It all gets going with Cleveland and Indiana. That game is at five. Five games in the AJHL tonight, including the Spruce Grove Saints, who are on the road in Drumheller. Puck drop for that one at seven. Ten games in the WHL, including your Edmonton Oil Kings. They're at home tonight versus Moose Jaw. Puck drop for that one also at seven. Golden Bears hockey this weekend. Two games in a home-and-home. Home. They host the U of S Huskies tonight and tomorrow at seven. Both games going at the Claire Drake Arena. Pandas Hockey also in action, the first of a two-game away and away, also against the U of S Huskies in Saskatoon, 7 p.m. tonight and 5 p.m. tomorrow. And can West playoff action this weekend for the first time since 2005, the U of A Golden Bears will be hosting a playoff game. They host the U of S Huskies, who they beat twice this season. That game goes 5 p.m. tomorrow at Footfield. You can watch online at canwesttv.ca or get tickets at the door. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been your Sports 1440 Update.